All right. So settle this so I don't. Let's repeat that. Uh, we, we were talking about fate before. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that this time. No, no we're not. Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Comrade retrospective through the lens of Decade. Rejoice, I'm Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I guess I'm going to do the same thing where we're really through the lens of Decade now. Because we're in another world where we had this conversation a minute ago. Chris, that, that world was destroyed. We don't need to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I destroyed it. That that world was destroyed. Now we're in this world. Where we're having I am this almost Shin Garrett now. Yes, this is totally the first time we're talking about this episode. Yeah, I, I added an Oma to my name now. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, you do apparently have the power to destroy timelines if you have Oma in your name. So. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, uh, but yeah. We watched uh, the, the pen ultimate episodes of Geo, which were 2019 Vanishing Watches and 2068 Oma Time. On our subtitle, it said Vanishing Watch, and I thought that was cool because it would be like, it's like a double entendre then. That would be fun. Yeah, if that's not what it translates to, I mean, hey, but I do like double entendres like that. Uh, And yeah, we get super decade, decade decade-y in these episodes. I mean, because decade's good, guys. Decade is real good. Yeah. Uh. Well. Okay. Both the decade concepts and decade himself as a character come off as pretty cool with these ones. Yeah. Like Swartz. Swartz is just like doing what Wataru told Decade was going to happen in his own show in the first episode of that show. Right. Yeah. Once I realized that, that was what was happening, I was like, Oh. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> I recognize this. <laughs> it's good. It's almost like they used that same shot of like the world going into multiple worlds. Yeah, it, it was it's literally not the same like shot, by the primary way. visual motif from from decades. So yeah. it's not. There's more worlds in this shot. Right. There's twenty instead of ten now. No, it's... there's actually it's uh, twenty one. Oh, are are there? What's the twenty yeah, first? So, uh, oh, the, world. the Sukiyomi and yeah. yeah, it's their world. I I got curious, so I counted it. Jeez. Okay. Though, and also, in that, in Decade, it seemed like there were only ten. And yeah. In Zio, it's kind of implying that there are well over 21 worlds, so I don't know why the visual only shows 21. One for every Because it's just showing the, it's showing the Heisei plus right. Tsukiyomi. Right, right. But the, just having the 21 that we know about, like, there are also other ones that aren't shown. Yeah. In theory, yes. Right. Uh, it's, man... I wish I hadn't watched the first couple seconds of the last episode. <laughs> We're not gonna t- gonna talk about that next time. Yeah, I know. But okay, so forty seven opens with Schwartz giving Sogo the little speech again about how you've got three paths: you can either save Sukiyomi, you can save yourself, or you can become Omazio. Right, and uh, yeah, Aqua is super dead. He's yeah. really dead. He is dead, dead, yeah. dead. He's super dead. And there aren't any more CO2 watches to bring him back to life. Yes, there is. Oh, no, wait, right. That happens at the end of these episodes. Yeah. yeah. 
technically there is still one at that point in time. I, I caught up. I caught up on the episodes you guys watched, and then I watched these, so I've been getting them mixed up in That's my okay. head. Uh, then the Skywall from Build shows up and starts separating people, and all the smashes and robots from Build come in and start attacking people. We go back to Sogo, and Schwartz has disappeared magically and is speaking. His his voice is just coming. Out from nowhere, your your driving purpose is a natural born as a natural born king. Make sure you fulfill it. Oh, which... yeah, Swartz kind of okay. sucks. Yeah, he's not great. Uh, yeah, he's a jerk. I mean, he's just really kind of a boring villain. Uh, I like Swartz. I didn't like him at first, but he's grown on me. I think I I think what I saw is coloring my perception. So he's fine. He just seems to win by deus ex machina instead of actually succeeding. Swartz is just kind of just like a weird villain. A little bit. It, well, it it kind of ruins like the thought where like Shogo was actually fighting his future self and like there was that duality to it or whatever. Yeah. But no, no, it's just Swartz. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> You well, you have just... been talking about apparently episode twenty thirty or forty nine this entire time. I'm no, so confused. No, we're no. no, no, we're still talking about forty seven. The only thing okay, about forty nine well... I said is that my perception of Schwartz as a villain has been changed by that, and I need to stop it because up until this point he's still okay. It's just he seems to win or he seems to succeed in his plans by Deus ex machina more than actually. See- more right. than having us see things him do to succeed at. Yeah, just... I was just talking about... From what we see in these episodes, I don't understand that point. Because when this, we actually see that he has had a plan, and everything has basically played out how he wanted it to up until this point. In episode 38, in, 48, apparently Sukiyomi becoming Kamen Rider Sukiyomi is the first thing that he didn't expect. Yeah, that's true. Right, is... yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel to me like he's been, he's done this. It's, it all gets shown to us right now, but it feels more like they're telling us Schwartz is this great big mastermind who's controlled everything instead of having shown us through the show that he's a masterful mastermind that's created everything, done everything. It's just kind of here at the end, he comes out, he's like, oh yeah, no, it was all my plan all along. I, yeah, I needed a chess metaphor to explain that to me. <laughs> I that really been good. am not. I I don't know if I see that because like we see him give Sogo the push. We saw that several episodes ago now, and he's been around to knock things out of the way whenever something might have been an obstacle to Sogo pursuing this gathering of the power. So like he he has done everything necessary in order for this plan to succeed. Yeah, but <sighs> like. Swartz is less interesting of a villain than than Sogo himself being his own villain. I well, Sogo, right? But in the the way that they've set it up, Sogo, it, his desire to be a king is still the thing that has potential to destroy the world. That hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah, but now yeah. it's Swartz, and that's less interesting. Right, because someone else wants to use his desire for a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's the part I don't like. Really? Uh, it's... Yeah, I think it was stronger when it was just Omazio. 
you you might be right, Chris, in that it's because I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, yeah, he did that. Yeah, and he did that. And I don't I, know. It's just I was actually really satisfied with these ones because I, for that reason, like I was like, oh, they've made everything that's happened in the show make sense up until this point. Because there were like a lot of hanging threads and things that just we kind of accepted, and they've basically with the explanations you get in forty seven and forty eight, it kind of all falls into place. Like the reason that Sukasa just gave him the decade watch all those episodes ago, and like the reason any of this is even happening, like <laughs> they lay out a fairly consistent reason for all of it. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I just don't like it. <laughs> okay. I still don't think yes. Swartz is like particularly interesting, though. You're you're right. I I do think it is just that I'm, I just don't like it. Well, I mean, I also think the issue is just like due to like all the weird show scheduling stuff that they did, and like, well, yes, they do like super play up Swartz's plan really well, but like, his motivation is kind of just like hand waved within like thirty seconds. Uh. Right. I mean, his world was going to be destroyed, so he decides to... This is like a... Su- it feels like a super traditional villain motivation to me. Yeah, it is. That, like, he's desperate because his... Like, everything he knows is going to die, unless yeah, he destroys but... the rest of the reality. And but then it... It was a tell-not-show, Chris. Like, they just, like, worded that at us. Yeah, and it's it's also that I don't think that's the truth. Because it's oh yeah no I'm gonna save my world. If you actually if he actually cared about saving his world, then the fact that Tsukiyomi is more powerful than him wouldn't matter, right? Because it would well, save the world. Yeah, no, they've been fairly explicit about that. Like he he tells himself that's his motivation, but like his need to be a savior, like his need to be the one who does it, is the, like what's really driving him. Yeah. And need he doesn't to, admit that to himself. Need to be the most important person in the room. Which is right. why I actually liked the idea uh, later in this episode when he grows, uh, they show him his body change from being a teenager, like a young teenager, to this grown man we've been seeing for the whole show. And he can't, he goes back and forth, like making this pretty clear visual metaphor. He's never grown up from being that immature child. Yeah. So... <sighs> I still just would have preferred to feel like if they spent more time on on that part rather than just kind of explain it to us when Tsukiyomi goes to visit herself. Yeah. Like, yeah. like interludes to, like, Tsukiyomi's world or something. Like, that would have been pretty they cool. They probably should have introduced it well before they actually did, yes. Yeah. If they implied that, like, Swartz came from another, like, his own reality... And, like, introduced the, like, they could definitely have seeded the whole, like, princess-prince thing earlier in the show. I I think I would like it more, I think I would definitely like it more if it had been seeded earlier. It's like That's a a thing that's super easy to, like, drop hints about. I I don't know if either they ran out of time to seed it, or they, what happened There was just a bunch of, like, production issues with, like, scheduling of the guests and stuff. Which make which is actually fairly yeah like that makes sense I think we probably guessed that early on yeah when we were when all the guests were showing up from the previous writer shows we were like this was probably a nightmare for them yeah right. a little bit we should probably go through the episode instead of just sitting here and talk discussing shorts as a villain we can we can do <laughs> I mean, that in the wrap up episode about, mostly oh uh, yeah uh, I mean it is largely about him at this point yeah that's true and then like a bunch of people die and get better. I mean, yeah. in episode 48, we get to see Omazeo again, which is 
freaking awesome. Love that. So, okay. So 47, we come back from our intro. You've got Tsukiyomi, Gates, and Waz at the clock shop. They're basically, they've been out searching for Sogo, but can't find him. And everyone's worried. And then owner comes in. He's like, hey, everybody, I made tofu. Did you know that in Imperial Japan, the word for tofu was like wall? That's why, because there's walls outside, I made tofu. Right. And he says, uh, eat up some walls and then tear down some walls. Which is a good line. It is. It's a good one. And also, um, they're, they're all, I like the bit of them looking at owner and like, aren't you? Aren't you worried about the fact that Sogo is, like, gone? <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, he'll be back. That's probably fine. <laughs> In order, uh, it's, it is half, like, this blase, ah, oh, that's fine, whatever, and half a feeling of, um, oh, he really trusts Sogo. Yeah. Yeah, like, if he's stuck out there, he's confident that he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, but it it doesn't matter, because Sogo pops back in the room. And strides over to the ride watches, and we get to see that the build watch is now cracked and broken. And uh, they they make the assumption that it's because all the common rider build stuff is showing up here. Something right. about that space time distortion distro- damaged the watch. Yeah, Waz says uh, the wall is actually from the build universe, which I'm like, oh, I I kind of knew that. I've seen like an episode of that show, so yeah. Well, also like it it plays back to the first episode where they're going through the timeline or whatever, and they're having that time machine fight, and it bumps off of the main thing, which sends them to a different world where Build was. Yeah, right, right. It's neat. Um, they did the thing. Yep, Uh, it's full circle, tying it back around. Sogo tries to pull Tsukiyomi away, needing to talk to her, but uh, gets pulled into a discussion about the fact that Schwartz has been planning all this and watching him for a long time, and this is all a trap. Also, Aqua's dead. Oh yeah, also Aqua is dead. Did we bring that up in in this version, in this reality? Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Aqua is super dead. Yes. Uh, sorry if you liked that character from that movie. Yep. Uh, yep. She got death. she got norted and then like she got better and then she died. Uh oh, I I got that reference. Bum 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 bum. It's Sogo asks tells Tsukiyomi that Tsukiyomi you have to come with me. No, Alpina, you have to come with me. Okay. And this is where he tells her that tells him that Maharu is dead. Right. Yeah, and then we get to see a scene or a quick short shot of owner staring down at the broken ride watches, and I'm like, "Are you gonna fix them?" And I don't know. I think he might. No, no. Can he do that? I mean, technically, he did fix the ZO2 ride watch, but he doesn't actually do that. Dang, that's too bad. Uh, get a short scene then of. After Sogo takes Tsukiyomi away, we get to see Gates and Waz go out and fight the build enemies for a little right. while. Because they're bored. They say they're killing time until uh, until Sogo's plan uh, comes into effect. Get it? Get it? Killing time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, the monsters are literally killing people. So That's true. 
they're yeah, but, trying to help with that. You know. So Sogo and Tsukiyomi go talk to Katia Tsukasa and are like, hey buddy, can you take us to Tsukiyomi's timeline? There's there's some things we need to find out. Tsukasa's just like, yeah, sure, on two conditions. One, this may not help. Yeah. So you you have to accept that. Yeah. I, I do I think that's really interesting that he asked them to just accept like this there might be nothing that we can do at this point. Yeah. But like there is, so Right, right. Womp womp. Yeah, what was the second one? With bananas aren't a good uh snack. Oh. Bananas yeah, are not a good snack for traveling. I don't <laughs> I don't get that joke. I, yeah, I do not Editor understand. Fletch, if you get that joke, please explain it here. I also don't remember if it is a thing. The quote in question is, and I'm looking at the script here, a banana doesn't count as a snack on a trip, which is a reference to the Japanese school children having to be told you can only have so many yen of snacks on a class trip, and as a result, a common bit of childhood comedy is someone asking, does an apple or a banana count as a snack? So that's just sort of a recurring joke. There you go. You now have cultural context for a weird dashed offline. <laughs> they, they they go to the wall. Uh, we go back to Gates and Waz, who now start fighting the drive monsters when uh, they get density shifted. Well, before that, they're uh, Futo Tower from Double and Eudrashiel Tower from Gaim show up, and they and they do that too. Oh right! Oh yeah, I forgot. I knew I recognized the the Yggdrasil Tower. Yeah, it's from it's from Gaim. Yep, so I've seen a few episodes of that one. The Waz goes Planetary, Gates goes Typhoon, so that they can get out of the density shift. Right. I do like that when they activate their speed powers and don't actually move faster, they're just going normal speed now. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I, I think, technically, Waz is, he, he goes normal speed in that form anyway, it's just that right. he's not held down by the concepts of gravity. R- right, the, explana- well, it, the extremely flimsy explanation he gave in the previous episode was in space, and so he doesn't affect momentum. Well, no, it's, I think... <laughs> I think from the little bit we've understood what the drive what the drive enemies do is they manipulate the density of the air to make it more like water or like a heavy fluid. Oh, is that what's happening? I, I thought they think. were changing the density of like people's bodies in order to no, make it, them it's, take more energy well, to move. You I see think it's literally they, the density of the air. They create a temporal field that distorts time and reduces the G forces for everything and everyone in it. That then that doesn't then that doesn't make sense why Waz's powers work. My explanation makes sense. It's because there's no air in space. Uh, okay. I'm not sure about your explanation, Evan. Because uh, if that were the case, uh, everyone would die immediately as soon as that was used on them because you wouldn't be able to breathe. That's true. Man, what so, the fuck does? What? So maybe it's just some wacky super science. Yeah, it's probably wacky super that. science. I, I read the exact thing from the wiki, guys. That was the joke. No, that's not <laughs> But that right. doesn't... That's not what they say. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, so Schwartz basically comes by and says, Ha ha, you can't win! And then walks off. Um, yep. 
He's like, I've already presented the choice to Sogo. He's the only one who can do anything about it at this point. Yeah, so we go back to Sogo and Tsukiyomi, who go talk to Littlest Alpina, who immediately tries to kill them again. <laughs> right. <laughs> she, like, fucking shoots a giant laser beam, time laser beam at them. <gasps> I really, really enjoy that child Alpina's first instinct is kill. <gasps> Strangers. Better kill them. It speaks to a level of worry uh, that a royal family with this power would have. Like, if they they have the power to control time, they would probably have been... have a lot of assassins and shit coming after them. Now, now honey, if anyone tries to talk to you and you don't already know them, kill them. Yeah. I mean, like, there could be, like, ro- uh, people trying to assassinate the royal family. Yeah. Right. I mean, it could happen. Uh, and this is uh, where Swartz walks in in his uh, teenager, his uh, edgy teen form. Yes, because Tsukiyomi asks Littlest Alpina, Hey, um, I'm I'm you from 11 years in the future. What's happening to your world right now? And Swartz is like, oh, it's being destroyed for a reason I'm not going to tell you. Yes, but then Schwartz, uh, uh, Littlest Schwartz comes in and goes, I'm going to save the world by destroying all the other worlds. And I'm sitting here going, Okay, Decade. Right. Uh, yeah, that was literally Decade's plan at the beginning of that show, even though he didn't do it in the Cougar world, so who knows how, where that's going. I guess we See, will eventually. You have to destroy everything to connect everything. It didn't... Oh, then we go back... Then this the next scene is the one with the towers that come up. From Ghost yeah, okay. Yeah, because there's a p- camera pan around behind them as the towers pop up from the ground. And then we have this robot dude that walks yeah, up going, Chase. I'm he's the Grim cool. Reaper. Uh, he's yeah, he kind does of that. awesome looking. He is. I really like his outfit. Actually, yeah. a lot of the drive enemies look pretty great. They, they've all got like crazy cyber skulls. And uh, yeah, they're pretty cool. I like yeah. that. Chase is really cool, but chase is that, super cool that that's like his his pre-good form his his writer form's really good too and I actually see. his first transformation to his writer form is probably probably in like my top three transformations because when he does it he puts in like his new like writer writer version and the version that you see in this episode goes over him first and then it breaks away revealing his other form oh that's oh, cool that's neat but uh, yeah, he basically comes up. He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm here to kill common riders." Sends uh, and I love this scene because he sends the mooks forward, and you get a wide shot of Gates and Waz starting to fight the mooks, and Chase just casually is strolling up, punches Gates across the face, goes over and starts punching Waz. And he's super casual about it. Most and I love disappointing it. thing about these episodes to me, they do not bring in Kikai to fight this guy. He's I- like. He seems like he would be Kikai's arch nemesis. They're like exact opposites. Oh, but but like Waz has Genge now. Right, but no, no, I don't mean Common Rider Kikai. I mean the actual guy, Kikai. But that was in a different world, and then they got the the future watch and yeah, yeah. But bring that guy in. It, it's it's thematically relevant to him. But yeah, that would be nice. But I see why they didn't. They probably couldn't uh, get the guy back. Probably not. I just thought it would have been cool if they could have had Kikai fight this guy who's like his evil doppelganger. It would. Uh, we go back to Sogo and Tsukiyomi. 
who are now kind of quote-unquote arguing with this child Schwartz. Tsukiyomi is pointing a gun at a child. Um, Gets called out on it, which is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, and Schwartz explains the fairly obvious metatextual point that, like, well, if you combine all the writers into one writers, that kind of implies that all the writers are in the same world, right? So, if you have all the writer powers in one guy, then all the settings are in one place too, right? Yeah. So, uh, and then everyone's gonna die. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, no, I just need to destroy the world. And he's like, okay, I don't care what you guys have to say. Let's go, Alpina. And Sogo pops out. So, hey, buddy, what happens if your sister is more powerful than you, huh? What happens if you aren't the strongest? Yeah, what happens if you aren't the savior? And then we get to see that, yes, no, Schwartz doesn't actually care about saving the world. He 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 just wants to be the hero. I mean, it does seem like he actually does want the world to be safe. It's just more important to him that he get to do it. Yeah, it's saving the world is secondary to him being the hero. Right. Yeah. And uh, when he when he starts being like, hey, no, I'm the king. I'm going to do it. He is when he shifts into his adult body that we've seen. For the whole show up until this point. Yeah. I I do like... I. It also feels like a metaphor of when he's in his child form, he's spouting bullshit, and then his <laughs> actual feelings come out when he's the in the adult form. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I Wait, did I say the, the thing about it being very obvious child to man's body metaphor in, the yeah. previ- in our other yeah, universe? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Because that's... The, they're definitely doing a little bit of that. It's a good good visual metaphor there like that right but then but then remember that part where, where gates beats chase with with paradoxes and logic oh literally, yeah he logic jujitsu's him like captain kirk literally like the oldest robot trick fucking christ you say that like that's a bad thing <laughs> no i mean it's pretty good here uh yeah chase is like i'm way better than common writers because common writers don't exist <laughs> Gates is like, uh, dude, that doesn't make any sense. How can you say you want to kill common Riders if they don't exist? And it, it causes him to fucking freak out. <laughs> and yes, Garrett, it, it, it works here. I just, this is a very overused trope. It just does work here. But it works. I, I yeah, I was, I like this one. I was like, that's pretty fun. So and, and Gates is like, uh, because hi- history's been changed, obviously, dumbass. Yeah, your robot, your robot memories don't get overridden by silly time shenanigans. Yeah, check your memory banks. You know it to be true. <laughs> I'm assuming the thing we see, the flashback we see here, is from Common Rider Drive. Yeah, it's from like the finale drive too. It's like in like the last episode. Damn, I like that F1 race car uh, thing that the guy has going on. Oh yeah, yeah that's um. That's uh, Drive, I think it's Type Formula, actually. Oh, hey, cool. Yeah, it's got, like, a spoiler, and he has a big hammer. Yep, it's neat. Oh, oh, no, no, he he has an axe. Oh, I thought it was a hammer. Nah, oh, no, an axe. an axe. No, different axe. Oh, no, uh, it's an axe. We go back to Tsukiyomi's world, where Tsukiyomi tries to shoot Schwartz with the Fies gun, and can't, because... He changes back into her kid brother, and she's like, damn it, I'd feel guilty about shooting you to death now. And then he's charged up, oh, I'm gonna kill you, and fires a Hadouken, but (laughs) Decade gets in the way. 
It's a, it's, it's, it's just a Hadouken. It's a yeah. one-handed Hadouken. I, I guess it's sort of like an, the fireballs that Akuma shoots. Does yeah. he call them something different? Yeah, they're they're more purple fire. Yeah, purple fire evil ones. But uh, Decade gets in the way and takes the shot. And then D-End comes out of one of the pl- pl- portals and shoots at Schwartz and gets him to run away. Right. And yep. then Decade dies. <laughs> yeah, yep. but it's fine. He gets better. Decade also, for reals, dies. Yeah. After saying to make sure, oh, Tsukiyomi, you can't die. I, I do like how he's all, he has the dramatic last line of, you have to live. And then they bring him back to life a minute later. Yeah, it's very good. It's very silly. Well, then, and then Dean's just like, hey, Tsukasa, you were dead. <laughs> I was surprised he didn't gloat more, honestly. A little bit. Well, like, the ride watch stopped him. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, after this, there's another scene with, um, Gates and Waz where they're talking about, uh, Waz brings up the, again, obvious if you think about it point, since they took the riders out of these worlds, they didn't take the villains out of those worlds, so all the villains are still running around and have just, like, destroyed most of those other places. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I kind of like that they are just using Gates and Waz at the moment, like, hey there, audience. Do you not understand the plot? Here you go. Here's what's happening. These were all things I, like, wondered about back in the first couple episodes before I started being like, okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But now they're bringing it all back. So, I like that. I mean, to be fair, Waz should have probably known because he's got that book. Yeah, that'd be nice. Right, but as as time changes, the book gets rewritten. Like, we know that. Yeah, but like at the at like the beginning or whatever, like the book would have been current, right? But the uh, Omazio says, uh, "Okay, in the next episode, Omazio says that none of this ever happened in his timeline, so it wouldn't have been in the book." Yep. But but Waz has used the book to explain things in what we have seen of the timeline through the show. Right, but I'm okay. I was assuming that he had to be there going along with them as it changed in order to be able to read the book and get an explanation for it. He rejoices about the powers. Surely it says what happens when he gets the powers. <laughs> Maybe it just Maybe. hits the highlights. Maybe Omazio wrote it himself and it's like, and here I was awesome. It was pretty <laughs> great. That'd be fun. Uh, then some other stuff happens. It wasn't as cool as me. <laughs> uh, yes, we go back to Tsukiyomi again. Where, oh no, Decade is dead. Why would he do that? Well, maybe you should just ask him. D-end, that's really, that is really fucking mean. He's uh, dead right now. Too How soon. could you say that? Too soon, D-end. And then D-end's just like, but I have this watch that lets me turn back time. And uses the ZO2, another watch, to turn back time. Yep. But apparently this has bad side effects and turns D-end into another ZO2. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, doesn't it also... It, it breaks after they have this fight, but yeah. Yeah, it breaks after they beat him. But, yeah, it's... another Too ZO2 easy of a get-out-of-jail-free card, otherwise. Uh, Decade asks for his... Uh, ride watch back. And, oh, hey, he just happened to stash some of his power in it and is able to turn back into Decade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He we explains... talked about this last time, too. And everyone yeah. comes back to 2019... And after is like, oh, half of your power isn't enough to beat you. Oh, really? And he pulls Wanna out bet? a 
He oh. pulls out a Zeo card and turns into Zeo. That's such a cool. It's such a cool line. I really love the guy. Uh, yeah, Zeo. D ended Zeo two. Has the the line, you know? Do you, you know, half of your power isn't going to be enough to beat me? Yeah, I really like uh, Sukasa's one event. It's like such a cool line. Fight Zio with Zio. Really cool. Sukasa gets a lot of really good bits in this episode. Uh, his uh, his speech at the beginning of the next episode is super cool too. Uh, Sogo also transforms, and the both of them fight. When Decade first turns back into Decade, though, it, it plays the Decade music. Oh yeah, it totally did, didn't it? Uh, this is this is another good fight because we get to see Sogo instead of like he's been using the riders from the other shows now he's just using their weapons. Yeah, he he goes all Gate of Babylon now. It's very cool. Yeah, taps the riders, gets their weapons uh, to fight Zio two with. He's done it like here and there before, but yeah, this is like the first time he does it like a bunch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, is able to fairly easily beat another Zio two. Dn pops back out and he's like, "Oh no, my treasure got blown up." He's he's sad about it. Yeah, he he's looks kind of sullen. But uh, Sukasa walks over and is like, "Hey, thanks, bud." And then Sogo's like, "Oh, oh no!" He de transforms out of Grand Zio, and then the Grand Zio watch disappears. It looks oh, like no. he's about to sneeze at first, but then he collapses to his knees, and the Grand Zio watch disappears. My watch doesn't work because watch. My watch doesn't watches. work because all the watches are broken because, oh, hey, here, look, here is every mook from every single common Rider Heisei era show. They are right. all here and they all want to kill the main it's, cast. It's party time. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, actually. It's like that it one is. episode where they had all of the uh, Agitos like dancing around, except they have all of the mook costumes all in this it's... big circle. It's yeah, and cool. they're all doing the they're all doing the mass fight like Tokusatsu thing of we're all gonna stand in a big circle. We're just kinda kinda move around and look menacing and we're all yeah. gonna come fight you one at a time. Gonna make menacing hand motions and head jiggles until It's very good. Yeah. And then we get an advertisement for Kamen Rider Zero One. Hey, Ooh. Kamen Rider Zero One. Yeah, that sounds right cool. At, right after Tsukasa's like, Well, best I get better destroy the world then. Oh yeah, yeah, he does say that. He sa- he says his line. His line. Yeah. Yes. And then we get our ad for Common Rider Zero One at the end, which was that's nice. a cool show. That is a cool show. It is a cool show. <laughs> Got to watch more of that eventually. I no, I, Evan already claimed we're doing Amazon's next. Oh, okay. I mean, hey, that's fun. Amazon's is also really good. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, so going on to forty-eight. Uh, there's yeah. They start and there's a big camera pan circle around the main cast as they are standing in the middle of a huge apocalyptic vision of all of the monsters. There are CG lobsters and CG dragons, CG dragonflies. Yeah, there's like some Ryuki stuff and some other Kamen Rider stuff. Some big crabs that are just kind of hanging on walls and doing a little crab rave. There's like a guy who looks like a Rock'em Sock robot in the background. Would you say it was a giant enemy crab? It was. There are multiple giant enemy crabs. There's a guy who's got the same aesthetic as the uh, demons from uh, from the train show. Deno? Yeah, Deno. 
Oh, and I love these guys that are, like, wearing professional suits and have skulls for heads. They look really cool. Yeah, they're yeah, from they do. Double. Yeah, they're awesome. Love those guys. Who was that guy? Oh my god, that guy looks like such a dork. Which one? Okay, so it is... Oh, Jesus Christ. At 40 seconds in, he comes in on the right side of the screen, and he's got an orange head and a trident. You only see him for like a half second. Orange head. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, he's super goofy looking. Oh, that's from... uh, Those are like some of like the gamer viruses from X-Aid. Oh, that makes sense. The mummy guys are back too, aren't they also from X-Aid? The mummy guys are from O's. O's, right, right, right. Because they make... I forgot they blended the O's and the X-Aid stuff early on in the show. Our heroes have all decided to retreat, so they run away, and then, yes, we get to see a pan of I I feel like you're doing disjustice, where Decade's like, I'm gonna destroy this world. Yeah, it's a good fall back. (laughs) It's like, we are kind of outnumbered, though. We get to see a bunch of the mooks killing civilians. Uh, Gates and Waz going up and realizing, oh no, the sky is full of beasts. <laughs> Waz gives his intro. All the all of the enemies of common writers have come back. Swartz intends to destroy the world. Only two pages remain until yep. the end. And I wasn't. I'm not sure if it was last episode or this episode, but the intro guy changes one last time. Uh, with he changes his intro to oh god where was it uh, legacy of the Heisei common writers carried throughout the area as their powers are assembled the curtain rises on the final battle ah which is such a cool intro I love that yeah one. it's good but yeah so that's that uh we come back from our intro again uh, okay hold on hold on i do need to to put tap the brakes for a second here uh we have not made any jokes about zeo being the captain planet of common writers have we you're right, no, because that's bad, and I refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> but he's by their powers combined. No, he I... has a base form. <laughs> by your powers combined, I am Oma Zio. Yeah, that's that's definitely what's happening here. <sighs> Gates gets heart. Gates is the. Uh, he literally gave like a thing about the power of friendship at the yeah, end of no, episode Ga- forty-six. Gates gets heart. Okay, I, I, I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm assuming you guys talked about how adorably romantic it was that Gates' ideal world was one where he got to tell Sogo that he wanted to stay and live with him. Uh, we did remark <laughs> upon the fact that that's what he did, but we, I don't think we... We didn't talk about the romantic undertones. It's like, no, Sogo, but I want to stay with you. Yeah, forever. I think we were more... I think I more expressed my disappointment that we didn't. they didn't use it as a character building point where Gates broke out of it himself to show his resolve and how he's grown as a character throughout the series. Eh, I mean, none of the rest of them did that. I just thought it was super adorable that he just wanted to be able to tell Sogo how he really felt. Yeah, it's nice. But, uh, yes, we They do some back... more friendship stuff in this episode, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Trinity Watch, how does it work? It has the power of friendship! It's literally the power of friendship. <laughs> right. Is it, though? It's magic. I mean, that's what they say. They say it, it actually magic. does use the power of friendship. Oh, it's magic, shit. So it's friendship. White Waz did say that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he did. did. <gasps> oh, yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm sorry that you weren't on to talk about Waz fighting Waz. <laughs> that was so cool. <gasps> it's very, very good. Yeah, White, uh, White Waz is awesome. So we come back from the intro, and Katia is explaining that, okay, so you know this entire thing about 
Sogo, you going around and collecting all the watches? Did you know this was your fault? Did you know that that's causing all the different worlds to combine into one world, and this is all your fault? Right, because he explain uh, he explains he said he implies he says it like it's Swartz's thing, like Swartz is combining all the worlds to destroy them, and Sogo's like, but how did he do that? I'm like, Sogo, you're smarter than this. What the hell? He's been using you this entire time. How are you time? not following the explain the explanation here? It's like with with your help, obviously, dumbass. And I do really like this reveal here that uh, in the pa- when we saw the flashback to Sogo being a kid and he stopped the rocks that one time, that, uh, yeah, that was because Swartz had given him the same space-time powers that he gave to a lot of the other the other time-jackers. And so that's part of why he's been able to become Zeo, is it has let him pull the worlds close enough together in order to take the powers from them. Yep. Is... But, but, like... But, like, Geo is, like, his own power. Is it? Would he have ever gotten that original space-time driver if, if like, he didn't already have uh, Swartz's power in him? Because it, like, like, keeps appearing to him in the first episode. I mean, but there's no other, like, Geo. Well, what do you mean? Like, he's the common Rider of his world. Okay, yes, right. But I don't. But would he have ever become a common writer if Swartz hadn't given him the power? Yeah, like they, would any would any of this had hap, Would any of this have happened if Schwartz hadn't come in and fucked everything up? I that's a very good question. Because actually, they have barely. In fact, I don't think they have said anything about how the space time drivers work. Really, no. Actually, exist. Actually, no. I I think I think it would have because. Because I believe Swartz saw the timeline of Omazeo and then went to that timeline to have Sogo do the things so then he could get Sogo's power so then he could do his thing. That does kind of make sense, actually, because, yeah, the Omazeo timeline originally didn't have any involvement from Swartz. So presumably, yes. Presumably, yeah, he would have become Zeo and done this. Either way. Yes, we'll never know. <laughs> Interesting question. But, uh, so everyone's kind of like, oh, I guess what we're going to do. Cadius says, of course, well, we have to destroy the world. But, you know, just because we abandon the world, we don't want to abandon the people. Right. And uh, Sogo's like, this is good enough for me. We're saving people. We can destroy the world. The, I do like the moment in here where Sukasa's like, look, th- you, you were doing this, obviously. And, uh... And Watar, uh, not Watar. And Sogo has a moment where he's like, wait a minute, hold on, am I the bad guy? And, uh, Waz is like, no, no, this is just a really complicated trap that you've been put, that you have been the primary feature in. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean that you're evil or whatever, it's just, you were the primary thing that this whole plan revolved around. And Sogo makes a comment about how Schwartz gave him three options. And Sogo's response is, fuck you, I take the fourth fourth option. Right. Gamble. Good traditional shonen hero. Gamble where your auntie is the fate of the world. Oh, I love that line. I love that line. Katia stands up, he's like, alright, here's the plan. We get a fade out. 
and we get to see Sogo walking up to the wall of clocks, and I thought it was going to do the thing at the front. I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure where they were going to go with it, but I'm like, is he just going to go up and like flip the world and do time shit now? That, I kind of also thought he was going to go up and spin the wall for a second there, but that is not what happened. That would have been dope. I'm, I'm glad we got that scene. I'm glad we met, we paired that to the opening. Yeah, it's nice. I do really like uh, when Sukasa's talking to him, um, just the way that he says... Uh, how do, I, how do I phrase it? The, when he asks him, like, are you really going to gamble with the when the Annie is the fate of the world? Kind of like, it, it kind of seems like he's, if Sogo responds yes, he's going to be like, well, I'm not with you then. But actually, he's totally on board for that. I, I, I think Tsukasa was probably like, yep, that's the plan. <laughs> I guess he's used to this sort of thing by now. And it's also like, it kind of speaks into sogo's thing of like being a king being the king means you gamble with the fate of the world or your fate of your world you are the one that is entrusted to make those decisions and since episode one like this has basically been his choice is he was told this is inevitable you will become Ovazio, and he's been like no i'm gonna do i'm gonna still try and become that powerful and do something good with it like yep that's what he's been choosing to do from the very beginning. Yes, but uh, this scene is basically Kadia and Sogo having a discussion about, hey, Sogo, if if you go through with this in the way we want, you're gonna you're gonna cease existing. Are you okay with that? And Sogo's like, I, yeah, no, I I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've been okay with that ever since I first put on the belt. Yeah, and he says but, I kind of figured that was gonna be part of the deal too. And I do like how Tsukasa seems like he's a little, like, surprised by this. Surprised and respectful. Yeah, it seemed like he was about to, he was anticipating having to, like, walk Sogo through being okay with sacrificing himself dramatically. But he's just like, oh, if you're good to go, then hey. A little bit of extra respect. Uh, We cut to Tsukiyomi and Gates, who are helping with the evacuation of civilians right up until well i mean no it's not right up until anything they're just helping with the evacuation of civilians and waz is like tsukiyomi you know i was the one supposed to be protecting you right oh yeah tsukiyomi's doing all the work and waz is just sitting there being being like bored and like almost kind of like upset that he got like babysitty duty <laughs> yeah uh, we go over to Gates, who is also trying to help people escape, but oh no, it's Schwartz, and so they start fighting. Gates also just like u- uses like a giant like metal bar and is like, I don't even need to be a common writer to help. <laughs> yeah, he just grabs a piece of rebar and just starts whacking mooks with it. Damn man. Uh, so he starts fighting Schwartz, and we go back to Owner, who for the very, very first time is being threatened by monsters for going out while shit's being happening. Yeah, I've been kind of glad that they haven't actually done the thing that they do all the time in some of the other shows, where they threaten the ma- the people the main character cares about in order to motivate him to do stuff. But yeah, yeah this is no. the first time that uh, Owner's been in danger, really. And uh, he's he's like got a box of something that he's protecting. But, oh, hey, here Sogo runs up, and he defeats the monster as he comes back. He's like, what were you thinking going shopping right now? (laughs) (laughs) 
And as soon as uh, as soon as uh, the owner hears uh, Sogo's voice, he immediately knows it's him. So yeah, and... like, it's a good thing they never fought around him because he would have figured it out immediately. This scene is Sogo detransforms and reveals to owner or his uncle that one, I'm a common rider. Two, I've been using it to fight and protect people and like do my thing. And three, I'm going to die. I mean, he doesn't like specifically say that yeah, last he, part. He phrases it, I have to go. If I stay, right. I can only protect you and I can't do that. Yeah, he, he it's uh, some pretty just... heavy implication there. Uh, I This scene, I, I actually really liked this one. It definitely it's... was tugging at my heartstrings a little bit. Uh, specifically because Owner... Owner's response to being told this, um, like he's a little shocked, but he's immediately like, glad for Sogo? He's like, he's like, oh, well, it, this is what you've always wanted to do. Like, this is yeah, it, uh, this is what you've always wanted to do, and I thought there was no way for you to do that, but you found a way. And, like, that's and, what's conveyed by just the way he reacts. And it's, like, yeah. really touching. I really like it's, that. It, just wait. We as... have one episode left. We can, we can reveal that uh, <laughs> owner is secretly Omazeo the entire time. <laughs> okay, in this episode, Omazeo explicitly says that he is Sogo. Yeah. It's just a ploy. <laughs> I also do long like con, how when Sogo says, if I stay, I can only protect you and I can't do that. His uncle's response is just like just like a real king. Right. Or he's, when he's explaining stuff, he tells him that, you're, you know, you're just like a real king. And I have this, you know, you go save the world, do what you have to do. Uh, there's this clock I have to fix. And then we get the translation doesn't do it right. But we get the uh, Japanese uh, movie stereotype of the hero going to their father or mentor figure. And it's doing the I'm leaving the house now. Goodbye. Like ritual. Goodbye. Right. And it's very, very sweet. The owner watches as Sogo runs off and gets in his time machine. Yeah, the traditional, like, um, we're going Itakimasu. to treat this like all the rest of the times we've separated, but really we know that it's probably the last time. We get Itekimas and Itedashai, and it's very cute. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the, the owner implying, like, uh, just as, you know, this is this is who we are. We do the things that we have to do that, you know, make us who we are, and... I'm glad of you for. I'm like I'm proud of you for that. Uh, we go it's back a good scene. to. I'm I'm glad that Sogo had a good dad. Yes, he did. He Uncle's real good. good. Uh, we go back to Gates, who is now fighting another decade in a stairwell for some reason, um, and is trying to get to another decade up at the top of the stairs. Gets up there, and Schwartz's response is to just do grab Gates, do a little spin, and. Chuck him into the center, like, stairwell. Ch- chuck him into the center of the stairwell so he'll fall. Into it. And he just kind of collapses on the stairs, and a bunch of mooks all run up and just start beating him with sticks. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Decade I, comes up, he's yeah. like, oh, you idiot. I couldn't just stand beside anymore. I had to come help. Yeah. Sikas is like, acting you're, you're, you're is so bad. <laughs> uh, God, go Gates, see... learn to plan. Oh, did, I don't. Did we mention that Sogo also, after he had that scene with Uncle, he took a time machine and he's flying to Omazeo's time? 
Yeah. Like, oh no, I hadn't. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that is what he is doing. After Gates and Decade, we go to Tsukiyomi and Waz, who are fighting off, or Waz is fighting off a bunch of the mooks. He uses Galactic Explosion to kill them, but oh no, there was one remaining, and he's super close to Tsukiyomi. Waz isn't going to be able to get there in time. Oh hey, look, it's Common Rider Chase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ch- Chase shows up and saves him. And we get to do the thing of, hey buddy, yeah, you used to be... He has another be- breakdown, going like, why yep. did I help a human, though? He has the Kamen Rider Kikai, Kamen Rider Zero One, I'm so yeah. conflicted! Uh, Waz comes up, is like, oh, you saved humans because you used to be a Kamen Rider. And this pisses him off, so he goes, no, I'm not a Kamen Rider. But for a second, Waz. when he pulled up his, his like, break gun, I'm like, is he going to pull Persona 3 right now? I thought that that's what he was going to do, too, honestly. But he I didn't. Re- I really yeah. like his transformation move. Oh, we're just like, is real good. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, I hate to say it, it's kind of like but. Ixa. It's kind of like what? I- Ixa, where he takes um oh, his hand yeah. and push presses it against the gun. Right, Actually, right. I was gonna say, it reminds me more of uh, Night Rogue from Build, with how he moves, especially. I have not seen I can fired up kind of see, see that. I can see At that, like, afterwards, movement. like, like the beginnings, yeah, no, it's, up, but it's, then he does wave it around, like, when, um... Not, not like, like the actual Rogue. transformation, but the, it's similar putting his arms in similar positions, I don't know. It just reminded me of Night Rogue. But yes, uh, Sogo has gone back to 2068, before Tsukiyomi and Gates have went to the future for the first time. Almost nice. <laughs> and, uh... Everyone's trying to run away from Omazeo. Yeah, I they can't think this is that scene from like the beginning of the show when he was blowing up the rebellion. Yeah. Yep. The they get blown up. Sogo runs up to Tsukiyomi. He's like, "Hey, guy. Hey, don't worry." And he slips a watch into her pocket. I have no idea where he got that from. Yeah, how did he uh, get a blank watch? Uh, I don't know. Was decade probably. Oh yeah, I guess he probably did get it from Tsukiyomi. Yeah, this was probably part of the plan. Uh, but he does that. He's there, of course. Tsukiyomi and Gates. Are, Gates is like, "What the fuck is a civilian doing in a war zone?" And Tsukiyomi immediately is like, "You gotta go." And I'm just so wondering, says, like, wait a minute. When the entire world is living in an evil overlord post-apocalypse, who is a civilian? Yeah, I remember the Gates mindless saying, people who obey the overlord. I suppose that's true. Uh, yeah. So Gates or Sogo transforms, and both. Tsukiyomi and Gates are like, wait a minute. What? It, what? Zio? Huh? <laughs> They're like, Zio? Huh? Uh, and and yeah, Oba so... Zio's immediately like, huh, I don't remember coming back to do fight myself. Yeah. And we learn, uh, you yeah, know, the past has changed. And of course, Zio is like, or Oma Zio is like, well, that's, it's, it's interesting, but it doesn't change anything. Right. So... They, they do have uh, Omazeo do the it's useless thing, leaning into the fact that he is extremely similar to Dio from from JoJo's. Yeah. Right. Also, I think like the fight they have is maybe like one of the best fights in the in the series. It is. This it, is a yeah, really good fight. It is actually. It's very dramatic. It's shot really well. So, and like you don't so, know what's gonna happen. No, you don't. <laughs> 
Sogo goes up and normal Zeo does a couple attacks, gets blown away because of course he does, and then pulls out, hey, look, it's the Trinity Watch. Which I totally did not think that Trinity was going to be a major part of the climax at this point. I mean, but like, they took away his other power-up form. Right, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have Grand Zeo right now, so. What's he going to do? Turn into Omazeo and Omazeo fight Omazeo? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It looks like in the next, the preview for the next episode seemed to show him turning into Omazeo, so. Yep. Oh, I didn't actually watch the preview for next episode, so I didn't see. Yeah, it's shown in there. Uh, then we cut back to Waz and Gates. No, not Decade and Gates. Who finish off the mooks and Schwartz is of course like, oh well, there's it's, the world's gonna die anyway. I already won. Um, and Gates drops the bomb. It's not gonna be you that saves the world. It's gonna be Sukiyomi. And this just gets Gate Schwartz super pissed. He is a giant baby. He he is a he is a big baby man. And this this is like the first time he's completely lost control. Right. Yeah. Uh Tsukiyomi coming into play is the one thing that he does not expect to have happen. He figures he handled uh, that one already. He uh. immediately blasts down both uh Decade and Gates, and it looks like he's going to be able to do his like final attack and kill Gates. Yeah. But right at the last second, nope, Gates teleports through the power of friendship. Yeah, good old yep. Trinity. Yep. Instead of Sogo going to where they are, like in the the Another World episodes, he instead summons them to the future. Does whatever it's needed to. Yeah. Yep. Also, and... I w- I want to point out that when Gates disappears. Swartz manages to like recover and doesn't just like rider kick crash into the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, when a, when a, someone dodges your rider kick and you can just land, like that's when you know you're super powerful. Uh, Waz also is able to get away right before Chase uses his Chaser Cobra. And but then it's like, oh no, Tsukiyomi is alone with this crazed dude. <laughs> oh yeah, Chase Chase has this giant like big sting stinger shield thing that he summons onto his arm. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Spider shield. It's real cool. He has kind of the gimmick of drive, but they're like the corrupted gimmick thing of drive. Oh, okay. That's neat. Drive stuff. Uh, Drive's good. We we go back to the future where the Trinity Omazeo fight starts. And at the same time, Decade starts fighting another Decade. Both of these fights are good. Oh, uh, yeah, but... they're super cool. Yeah, because uh, Trinity comes at Omazeo with the uh, with the the decades with its sword, the the big. Uh, I don't think they ever gave it a name specifically, but it's the, the big Zeo sword. Oh, okay. Well, the decade sword is called the Hay Saber. Right. It's not the Hay Saber. It's just the long sword version of his special sword thing. And uh, Omazeo like blocks it with his fists. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, back in the future, they are having a cool uh, fight as Decade confronts another Decade. And, uh, yeah, Swartz is like, well, this would be a fair fight, except uh, it's not the power of Decade versus the power of Decade, because I have the power of my lineage, too. I can stop time. And Decade's like, oh no, but then Swartz also gets frozen. And then we get to see good old uh, Dian. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Remember like, when you gave me some time jacker powers? Yeah, you you took half of half of Tsukiyomi's uh 
half of Sukasa's powers. And uh, you gave me part of your powers, so fair fight again. Yep. So then they get to have a fight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, basically, another decade freezes decade, gives his little talk, and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you now. And then DN shows up, freezes another decade, punches him in the face. And then yeah. we cut back uh, to the future fight that's going on. Uh, yep. Are we just gonna let Evan not be in this next part? Hey, yep. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> uh, Evan got sent to an another world. Right. He's in an another world where he managed to complete this recording of the podcast, and he's just stuck in completing this recording of the podcast forever. Yeah. Or like, or like, we're, he's gone too deep, like in Inception, and he's just another world in another world. <laughs> Maybe it's like in a dark another world where you're just stuck in a a bad situation forever. Oh man, I wouldn't wish that on Evan. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, okay, so the rest of the Oma Zio fight. Uh, Zio Trinity does the King's Kashink slash and shoots a huge laser at Oma Zio, and it's like Oma Zio just holds up his hands and like separates it into two separate lasers. He does, like, the Dragon Ball Z thing where he just, like, yeah. waves it aside to both of his sides and it just hits the ground and explodes into fire. So that's pretty awesome. Explosions are cool. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some, some drama, some cool drama shots as Zeo, Tr- Zeo Trinity comes up with uh, the Kashink Saber and he's uh, trying to slash down at Omazeo. Omazeo blocks it and it looks like it looks like Zeo Trinity's recoiling but instead he just holds it at level yeah. with Omazeo's stomach and spins his belt so that it shoots a giant freaking laser at him at point blank range. Yeah, he does like the thing. I can't think of like what it's called, but it's like if you're like to point like an un like an unactivated lightsaber at someone and then just activate it in front of him. Right, right, yeah. He he like straight excalibers him, like right into a mountain. Oh, that seems like a thing that Saber would do at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what she does with her extra attack in Fate Ranger. But, uh, or probably Mordred. Mordred would probably do that more. Uh, they are kind of a dick, so yeah, they would probably do that. <laughs> and at this point, Obazio's like, Whoa, I was not as strong as you at your age. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's all this friendship nonsense? Yeah. <laughs> he says, I never had power of this measure, not in my younger years. And then Sogo's like, that's the power of friendship, dude. But then Omozio's like, but what about that time right now when you're going to sacrifice yourself and didn't tell anybody? And, uh, yeah, that's then when <laughs> Sogo's like, shit, I didn't want anyone to know that. Yet. So he, uh, dismisses, he dismisses Waz and Gates back to their own where they were yep. previously. It's like, bye now, you're not needed anymore, can't can't interfere with my plan. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're both uh, they're both just back in the future, confused for a minute. They're in the past. The past, right. <laughs> decade and another decade are still fighting, uh, but then another decade disappears into one of the uh, one of regular decades parallel world mirror smoky sheen things. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go kill Tsukiyomi. Right? Isn't that what he wants to do at this point? Yeah. I'm going to erase Sukiyomi now, so that's what I thought he was doing. So, and, uh, okay, so back in the future, Omazeo's like, 
Well, you were talking about the power of friendship, but it sure seems like you didn't want them to learn that you were going to die soon. And uh, Right. Yeah. Which, like, of, of course, because they would try to stab him. Right. Which would interfere with the plan. Right. Uh, Sogo's like, okay, yeah, but it doesn't really matter at this point, since you're not really going to fight me, seriously, because you are me. That would be stupid. You would just be hurting yourself. By the way... What what does Omazio do? Uh, so how exactly... Yeah, he straight up asks, so how does Omazio work? Omazio's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's the power to destroy space and time. A power that Swartz does not have. It is your inherent power. So I guess this does answer that question we were talking about earlier. Uh, this is the thing that Swartz can't do. He can do the other stuff, but he doesn't have the power of destruction. Right. Uh, so he, that's why he had to re- recruit Sogo. Yep. And then old Sogo sends young Sogo back to his time. And then he also is like, I guess I'm going to stop being an overlord for a bit and and activate that Tsukiyomi watch that I totally knew about. Oh, yeah, I guess they do imply that he does that, don't they? I totally yeah. hadn't caught that, but yeah, they He does they the thing in the did. air, and then, like, the little floaty, glowy bits come, and then Tsukiyomi's like, ah, my pocket. Right, yeah, and this is the version of Tsukiyomi right before... Okay, essentially... Okay, this is like a stable time loop now, where Sogo, showing up to have this fight, led, led Gates and Tsukiyomi to have the idea, wait a minute, why don't we just deal with Sogo before he becomes Omazeo? And then the show happens. <laughs> right. The difference being that now, since Omazeo activates the watch, that she uh, that she has the, the Tsukiyomi watch with her the whole time. Right. The power was within her all along. Uh, sort of. Except not really. But... It was like in her pocket. Right. It was, it was in her pocket. I uh, needed a space-time driver. I am not super clear on why Omazeo agrees to do this. I mean, I understand that he can't really kill or hurt Sogo in any way because like that would not make sense like he would so, time paradox himself so my guess would be that being an overlord is pretty boring <laughs> and he doesn't really like see this as a threat to him I suppose, so he's, yeah. he's kind of just like that I'll allow it and kind of just hand waves it yeah I guess that's true yeah I guess he's just, um, cause, uh, he says, you know, you don't need to avoid being me, you already are me, which Sogo doesn't reply to, even though he obviously disagrees. Like, he, he like, gives him a, a dead stare at that point. Right. Um, which, I do like that touch. Uh, but he's like, hey, if that's what you want, I'll send you back to your own time and I'll turn that super watch, the Tsukiyomi watch on for you. Uh, I look forward to seeing what happens. And, uh... Yeah, he basically asks, like, are you going to be different than me? Which I guess he's allowing for that possibility, just because it would be interesting to him. Right. So yeah, okay. That makes sense. I know, that makes sense to me. I feel like being an overlord's pretty boring, and he wants to see, like, what his younger self can do with the, with, like, the diversions that have been made. Right. And the way he's always talked before, um... It's been like like Omazio's only like his only motivation slash emotion is like 
like personal integrity not not integrity in the good sense integrity in the the unity sense integrity in like the solipsistic i am the only thing that matters in the world everything else might as well not exist because it's not me sense right I, it just seems like he's like he's really interested in the different paths his own timeline could take right so so that's why he allows for this this change in in the younger Sogo that we know, because it seems like he's convinced that his own, any decision he makes or anything he wants is the only thing that is worthwhile. Right. He believes that no matter the change, the path is still going to end up with him where he is right now. Right. Which makes a fair amount of sense with the original conflict that was presented to Sogo as like, you can be a king, but a king is someone who only wants for themselves doesn't doesn't want for other people and his and Sogo's always been like no I don't believe that that's not what I want to do so that does sort of that yeah that plays into where this was all wrapping around thematically it's right. kind of a abstract wrap around but it makes sense if you care to think about it for a while but oh uh, okay so future Sukiyomi who is actually past Sukiyomi <laughs> pulls the uh, a watch out of her out of her pocket. It's like you ah, forgot a part. Me. You forgot about like the part where where like Chase gets killed. Oh, did we skip that? Yeah. No. That, oh, that's no. Sad. I meant future Sukiyomi, past Sukiyomi, as in the one from the beginning of the show who oh. is still in the future. Oh, that <laughs> not one. future Sukiyomi, past Sukiyomi, as in the one who is further along in her timeline but isn't currently in the past. All right. I'm glad this yeah. isn't confusing at all. Yeah. No, I gotcha. That. But... 100% makes sense. <laughs> um, Back in 2019, Chase dies, and that's sad. Right. Yeah, he seemed like a cool character. Um, yeah. It sucks to watch him die again. Uh, this, and this was the point where I was like, wait a minute. You know, this is really similar to what was going on with Kikai, and also everything in Zero One. So someone in the writing room has to have been, like, really into robots lately. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but robots are cool. Robots are cool. It just seems like in the last year, someone working in the Common Writer office has been like, we should talk about robots and how they can feel things or not, and whether appearing to feel things is the same as feeling things, and what the nature of humanity is in relation to AI. And we should just talk about that all the time. Yeah. Which I'm is down. like, hey, that's a cool idea. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then and then someone in production was like, okay, we'll give you an entire show where you can talk about that. That'll be zero one. You can talk about that then. And he was like, okay, but I'm just gonna put a little bit of it in, in Zio at a couple points here. Yeah. Unfortunately, like in like Zero One's kind of having like the, the middle drag right now, but Oh yeah. Yeah, well that's a shame, but I'm sure it'll pick up. Yeah. Okay, so anyway. So Chase is, uh, Chase is all like, oh, I can't murder people. This is so conflicting. Uh, another decade shows up, and he's, like, gonna kill Sukiyomi now. And then Chase yeah. jumps in and saves her. Yep. And then he dies again. Yep. Uh, and Cage is like, no, we were friends. You had a friend in your own timeline. I actually that really like the way he, like, presents this, the way he's conflicted in just a few words here. Because he's like... I don't have a human heart. I can't care about people. And then he sees Decade straight up a 
another decade, straight up about to murder his sister, and is like, hold on, you have a human heart. A human heart is a thing of beauty. What You're doing it wrong. Yeah. So, that's He's cool. kind of just, like, truncates his character and just goes through it again. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of seem like that has been Zio's primary way of homaging the other common writers. That's true. I don't know. Remember those wizard episodes, though? Yeah. I mean, those were about how, like, regret and is bad and friendship is good and sometimes, you know, you should just let think, things be. I think those are still, like, my favorite episodes of Geo. I did really like those. I've liked a lot of Zio, though. Okay, so, yeah. Chase gets blown up and he's like, oh, I guess I was a common writer. And Gates runs up dramatically just so he can hold him dying. So they can have this dramatic scene. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Chase, Chase is like, oh, my life was so ironic. And Gates, I, I really like this bit when Gates says, no, you have a friend who cares about you. You have a friend that's trying to keep you from dying. And I'm like, uh, Gates, it seems like you might be projecting a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> seems like I you mean, might he... have something else going on that you're you're projecting onto this situation. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, he does just name drop go, so. Right, right. Which is weird, because, like, th- that never happened. They never met. <laughs> no, he's just projecting so hard that he's, you know, he's projecting inhabiting, the role, inhabiting the role of this other character who apparently cared about him. Uh, cared about Chase, I mean. Yeah, there, it's a whole thing. I did want to ask, uh, what's up with when with robots from the Drive universe die, they turn into numbers? What was going on there? Yeah, that's just like a robot thing. There's like a certain number of them, so they're all like serial numbered. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, the one that was Aura turned into like two 108s, I thought. Yeah, because she was the Paradox. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think there was exactly 108 of them, too, in, in Drive. Oh, yeah. That's a cool, cool I think reference. that was the magic number. So, after Gates has had his little projection fest with the dying sub-character from the other show that he thinks that he is very related to. Uh, Then uh, another decade is like, okay, enough interruptions. I'm really, really, really going to kill Tsukiyomi now. Yeah. Well, Sogo runs up and is yelling, Tsukiyomi, use the watch. You already have a watch because I just rewrote time. And Waz is like, here's a driver because I have like 50 of them. And I was wondering, like, wait a minute, why doesn't she just spontaneously generate a driver? We've seen the watches do that before. Like, Maybe you gotta, like, pair the driver to the watch first? I, okay. If there, whatever, like, in-universe reason, I think they should have just had it generate another driver, just to have the scene flow a little bit better. <laughs> having I, I, having her I, pull I out one, having her pull out a watch and just already have it would be better than them introducing that. And then Gaze, and then Waz showing up and being like, oh, you need to have an accessory to go with it. It's just kind of clumsy. I, I I'm really into Waz just having there and throwing it. <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I just think that that was one extra unnecessary step. Yeah, and then Tsukiyomi turns into Kamenar Tsukiyomi, yeah. top tier transformation. Uh, it's fucking awesome. It's super cool. Uh, the writer design for Su- Kamen Rider Tsukiyomi is freaking great. Someone was watching, like, Sailor Moon, like, right beforehand. Oh, yeah. It is incredibly Sailor Moon-ish. Oh, man. I wonder if the colors and, like, the gems that show up in the in the thing that appears around her match up with the with the Senshi. 
Okay, hold on. Let me let me go back and pause I, it. That's right I don't there. think so because I think there's like a brown in there. I saw a red and a green, so that's two of them. Yeah. Red, green, uh, purple. Well, purple's Pluto, but that's not okay. the. That's not like standard senshi. There's a yellow and a blue, yeah. and a gray. Okay, I guess if you if you count Sailor Moon as gray, then blue blue's Mercury, yellow's Venus, green's Jupiter, and red's Mars. Uh, that just leaves the the purple one as the the one odd one out. Nope, nope, it checks out because purple is Pluto and Pluto is time or Saturn time. Oh no, Pluto Pluto was time. Saturn was death and rebirth. Pluto yeah, was time. so yeah, so just the the sixth one's time because it's Geo. Yeah. If anyone was actually investing that in it, then props to them. I like that person. Uh, kudos to you because that's super cool. <laughs> Well, and you, even even like the jingle, it's like that's the that's the beginning of Moonlight and Setsu. Right, it definitely is. It's like tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I would just like to point out that while there is definitely a similarity here, it should be noted that the original composer of this track was a Toei employee, and please don't sue the shit out of us, Toei Japan. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does the Sukuyomi, and like her her hat has like a watch with big moon crossing over yeah. the front of it. It's super cool. Uh, yeah. She's got a cape and it's all white and gold with black yep. accents. Uh, it's really good. You should look up this design if you didn't watch Kamen Rider Zio because it's awesome. Yep. I am episode ends. Disappointed and... that it did not show up until the very end of the second to last episode. Yeah. Uh, they should have had her turn into this earlier. And beat a yeah. monster or two, because it would have been cool. Yeah. It definitely makes me wonder if they knew they were going in this direction, because in one of the point five episodes early on, they seeded the idea of a common Rider Sukiyomi. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking to Editor Fletch about it, and he mentioned there was a lot of this came out in like the like the postmortem interviews for the show. Right. Uh, a lot of wait, what? A lot of what came out? Do you mean something specifically? Or? Uh, like Sukiyomi was supposed to be a thing earlier on, and, and a bunch of that, but due to like scheduling and other stuff, it oh, didn't happen. Oh. That's why, I, like I mentioned in last episode, where I brought up the thought, like, wouldn't have this been neat if this was like the halfway point of Geo? And it turns of... out I might not super be wrong. A whole fucking lot of stuff happened, though. Like Zio is not a slow show. Yeah, but I mean, before watching these episodes, I think like you could have cut a number of cameos and kind of moved to this point earlier and then had like half a show to go through. Uh yeah, I mean, independent if if the show just existed independently as its own thing, I would there were definitely some things they could have done to make it flow a little better. Like I, I, that's pretty. I'd say that's pretty inarguable, honestly. Like that's that's just you know, it had awkward 
moments in there where it stumbled because it had to incorporate this other stuff. But like, right. it was explicitly being like a fan service. Let's celebrate the 20 year history of the Heisei Kamen Riders thing. So I don't know if it would have fulfilled its purpose if they had taken that route instead. Mm, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought. I think you could argue it either way. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Decades like, certainly took some time out and in order to play around in the other Kamen Rider shows. So. I mean, so like, the previous anniversary show, Decade, was only like 30-some episodes, so... Right. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, the fact that Decade is so short has definitely made me wonder where it's going at certain points. I don't know. I feel like if you presented me with, like, the episode listings of Geo, I could probably, like, combine, remove, or rewrite to, like, half. That's... I don't know. I feel like that that is extremely ambitious. And also, I mean, I don't know. They, they clearly tried very hard. I'm not... No, the- I'm not very comfortable, like, denigrating the efforts of the production team. I'm not denigrating the efforts, because, like, in the end, they still somehow made this happen with everything that must have happened (laughs) behind the scenes. Right. And, yeah, there was clearly a lot of stuff that they had to work around. Uh, I think the show actually hummed together really well in the end. I mean, there's still one more episode to go, and Garrett keeps telling me it ruins everything, so I guess we'll find out about that. I mean, that might be a bit strong. I'm curious if they're... The fact that I have heard that they're... The reveals for other writers have been another version of Waz and another version of Gates leads me to believe that they're committing to the whole uh, Sogo's gonna die thing, which is both tragic and I'm actually glad they're gonna commit to that because I would feel kind of cheated if they put that on the table and then didn't play it out. Hey, Chris. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I hate to break it to you, uh-huh, but um, they don't actually follow through with that, really, well, okay, I guess we'll find out about that next time, and I'll decide yeah. if i if it does feel cheap or not once we watch that one, <laughs> just like you know just want to let you know it just okay. uh do they do the the end of Sailor Moon season one thing where he like is What's still the end alive? Of Sailor Moon? Where, oh, the end of Sailor Moon Season 1 is, uh, everyone comes back to life, but they don't remember anything that happened, and they don't, like, have their relationship anymore, so it, they did, they did have to give something up for their victory. Mmm. Mm, we can talk about that off air. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds, uh, just from the way that, okay, Evan had to leave a bit ago because he's having microphone problems, but it sounds like I've been enjoying the show more than you guys. Like, I've really liked Zio. I think it's been a really fun ride. And, like, it's made me like a lot of these writers and writer shows that I haven't seen yet. Like, I'm curious about them and want to watch them, so, like, that's at least a bonus. Uh, I mean, like, I- I'm mixed on Zio. I think... I think a fair amount of the early stuff isn't super great. Um, and I think, I think like the back half minus like some of like the main plot points are pretty good. And like the middle was good. Yeah. Cause the midpoint of Zeo was when White Waz came into play, wasn't it? Yeah. And like White Waz. The first half was like mostly cameos, it felt like. Right. And then White Waz shows up and, you know, shit gets real from there. 
Right. I think like I think like a lot of the early cameos were hit and miss, but like we can say that about any beginning of any writer show. That's true. That like uh like when Beast showed up, he seemed cool. I really liked the guy who was a uh, common writer O's. Like they seemed pretty cool. That lady who randomly had super strength. Like I'm curious oh, what's Pima? going on with yeah. that. <gasps> yeah, O's is fun. Uh the the one guy who was a uh, a weird evil king who was from uh Exaid. I'm curious about him. Oh. Uh he's a character. And like I really like the end. Like the end is a really fun like deuterotagonist, deuter- deuter- I think is what it's called. Like an anti-hero type character. <laughs> Anti-hero's like almost like a bit strong. He is a good Shadow the Hedgehog. For yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He's a good Shadow the Hedgehog for Kamen Rider Decade. Yeah, Dan's a good Shadow. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm overall pretty mixed on Geo. I I mean, um, okay, I do have limited experience here, but out of the three show, three Kamen Rider shows that we have watched significant amounts of, Zio is my favorite. Like, I liked Kuga, Kiva, no, just no, no to Kiva. Uh, Zio, I've enjoyed a lot, though. I can see that. Um, I don't know. I I mix on Zio. Like, I think just like a lot of my things fall on. Like, I think some of the macro stuff is kind of, kind of dumb. I mean, it was definitely dumb, but you know, right? But like, but like not like fun dumb. Uh, I guess I feel like after kind of. After going through Kuga and the willingness that they had to milk over and over again the whole, like, what is good and what is evil and, like, he's like a whimsical good fairy guy who just has to kill people with his kicks. I don't know. I felt like they they milked a lot out of some simple emotions and they did did a good job with that. Like, that's what's part of what's good about the show, but... I do appreciate the kitchen sink approach of Kamen Rider Zio a little bit more. The part of me that loves comic books and and giant crossover events really is down with Kamen Rider Zio. Right. I mean, I like I think there are really good parts of that. I I, I guess my biggest problem with Geo is that it's uneven. That's definitely true. Yeah, there have been a lot of. I think it I think it like, like peaks and valleys in quality throughout. Yeah. Yeah, some of the early episodes are a bit roller coastery. Like I definitely enjoyed them just because I liked the characters a lot and there was always like wacky weird stuff going on related to writer shows I hadn't seen, so it seemed right. really random and weird. Uh so that was fun. But yeah, it's definitely true that it it uh definitely goes up and down. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean I definitely yeah. don't hate it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the last episode. <laughs> okay. Apparently everyone besides me already knows what's gonna happen and is like I, I, mm, <laughs> I It's hand wavy. Well, what the whole show has been hand wavy. Uh, it it's Really hand wavy. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, not hopefully not next time. Hopefully, time after next time. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time we record a Geo episode. Right. Right. Until then, we've been a podcast on the internet at journeythroughduckcast.com.
where we have super definitely officially moved to Fireside. Or our, our new hosting. I'm not supposed to drop names. Oh, we aren't on SimplyCast anymore? No. Okay. We have we have made changes. Um, I should change the link in my Twitter profile then, because it definitely still goes to that SimplyCast page. Uh, if you put in just like the URL that I got, the rerouting's in place. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Like you could you could go right now and see our new website. Oh, and you should you should do that. I listened to that episode that we recorded a few weeks ago now, where we were talking about nineteen and twenty of Kiva, and I got really really fucking mad at Yelly. And that episode was actually better than I thought. I I was worried that I was going to sound like an idiot, but it was pretty good, in my opinion. Thanks, Fletch. I I, I assume editing fixed that. <laughs> Harsh, Garrett. Harsh. Jeez. I mean, I, I Kiva is a very interesting show <laughs> in all the wrong ways. But yeah, Fletch is doing a good job on that. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about Kiva when we talk about Kiva. Kiva is interesting. Um, yep, but yep. So, ideally, no one should have noticed anything changed. <laughs> if you did shoot us an email and let me know so I can fix it. Presumably the main page for the website for the website episodes looks a little different. Yeah. Because Fireside is a different aesthetic than Simply Cast, I think. Right. But like all like the RSS feeds and like your iTunes and everything, all of that has been updated. Should have in theory been seamless. Um yep. but again, if, if you see something, definitely let me know. Uh at which you can email us at the riceball network at gmail.com. Uh, ladies common writering it for themselves. Uh, see you next time. Uh, we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. <laughs>